Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. The school teacher thing in the United States is such a mess, and I hate it, right? Because these people are welfare whores. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's a super cushy, super easy easy job. But they're always complaining about how they don't get paid enough. Well, who doesn't complain about that, though? Mm. I don't think I've ever met a single person who was like, you know what? I'm making enough money at my job. I think everyone I've ever met was like, I don't get paid enough. But no one complains about it like public school teachers do. And they get so mad when you call them overpaid babysitters. But but they are overpaid babysitters. And look, I don't want to discount how difficult it is to have a classroom full of yelling, screaming first graders or second graders or something like that. I wouldn't want to do it. I, I would struggle not to punch one of these kids in the face. I'm not a violent person, but when you've got 25 plus kids in there and they're screaming and you have to get these people in line, God bless these people or God yeah. has blessed or even these worse, people. Satan. High schoolers. Well, high schoolers, I, feel, I, I, I at least understand high schoolers. Right? There's but, pros and cons to both, right? Yeah, I, right. Think, I think that's probably true. But like, I have a dog and I realize that dogs aren't children, but... <laughs> Like, my dog is still a puppy. She's at that age where she just, she wants to listen, but sometimes she just can't. She She's just too excited, and the puppiness takes over, and she's got too much energy, and she just cannot focus on me. That's very different from having a teenager who is focused on me, and they know what I want them to do. They just don't care like my cats. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I find my cats a lot easier to deal with because they know what I want from them. Sometimes they just don't care because it's not convenient for them. That's a great comparison. Cats are like teenagers and dogs are like young children. Yes. Well, I, I heard that dogs are as aware as a, about a seven or eight year old kid. And that makes a lot of sense to that me. That does make a lot of sense. Yeah. It probably depends on the dog, obviously, yeah. because some are yeah. smarter than others. And I, I've seen some really stupid dogs in my day and I've seen some really smart ones, right? However, I would rather deal with the cats and their their teenage rebellious streaks than than I would my dog when she's rambunctious and not I don't want to say not able to listen because certainly, you know, you, I I could beat her with a 2 by 4 or something like that and make her listen, right? It is an easy cushy job. They only work first of all 5 days a week, guaranteed 5 days a week. And I say that's less. Yes. And I say that's guaranteed because I've worked a lot of jobs that were, you know, five days a week or whatever. And very often I end up working six days a week and sometimes yeah. seven days a week. So this is guaranteed because school isn't open on Saturday or Sunday. So you can't go there to work even if you want to. Well, there's like days where teachers go in just for planning and stuff like that. But that just seems like the easiest, funnest thing ever. Like, oh, I got to go in and plan what I'm going to teach uh, this week and also put up Halloween decorations. Oh, the horror. I would hate that. And the the <laughs> worst part about public school is that they have to follow the state curriculum. They yeah. don't get to plan what they're teaching. They have to follow the state curriculum so even if they're like this sucks this is boring and i want to teach something that's either more interesting or more engaging or challenging for the kids in their classroom they don't have the freedom to do that and i don't know how it is for all grades but i know that all of my high school teachers they had a free period where where they could do all of their planning and their their grading and stuff like that. And I know it probably sucks for them to take home tests and homework or whatever and grade them. But, you know, 
don't give out homework. Yep. And yeah. you won't. I mean, so what, teacher? You don't want to have homework? Well, then stop giving it to your students. Well, Those- that might also be coming from the top down, though. I'm sure yeah. a lot of teachers don't want to do that stuff. Actually, I remember in elementary school, there was a teacher uh, that was in the fifth grade teacher group, but it wasn't my teacher, and she was famous for not giving out homework. And I really wanted to be in that class, but I wasn't. And around when I was actually in fifth grade, the uh, school just started forcing her to give homework. Yeah, which previously, and I don't know how, I don't want to just throw out a random number, but years ago, homework wasn't really a thing. This is more of a newer thing. It was a thing, thing all through me being in school. But, you know, previous to that, though, okay, this like is... the 70s and nowadays, 60s, 70s? Yeah, okay. and, and nowadays, the amount of homework that they're giving kindergartners, first graders, second graders, a second grader should not have homework. That's ridiculous. You just made them sit in a prison, oh, sorry, a school, all day long for eight hours when they're supposed to be out playing because they're a child. So I have updates on the, uh, you're talking about the uh, the overpaid babysitters that are teachers in the public schools. Mm-hmm. I, have some, I have some news on the over overpaid teachers in Manchester, New Hampshire. Okay. All right. Is something going on so, there in Manchester that I wasn't aware of? Yeah. Uh, the overpaid babysitters continue their uh, underperformance. So what, what happened was, I guess there was a, a study done or they did some research, you know, a few years ago indicated that the the, um, the third graders were like only a little over I guess over so somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of third graders were actually able to read at wow. a third grade level in in Manchester that was a few years ago the news is Carla, Carla Garrett is reporting this she says now it's down to 10 percent oh wow, that's crazy probably a- partially because of the masks and like people or kids not being able to go, to go to school for months and things like that. Yeah, I would. that wouldn't surprise me. I'm not surprised to hear it. I think it's for a different reason, though. And I, I remember this from when I was in school. No one read when, when I was... I was one of the few kids I knew who had, you know, a book that I would bring with me to read when I was done with schoolwork or whatever. Most kids would just draw or pass notes or whatever. Yeah. And but did I, they you know, make you read, though? No. I enjoyed reading. I mean, oh. I, but I was from a family that encouraged me to read from a very early age. They were like, hey, look, this, read this book. It's fantastic. Get, get lost in this fantasy world or whatever, where most kids, they're instead just sat in front of a television or whatever, and they're not encouraged by their parents to pick up a book and read, and so they, they never do it. Did but, you ever get in trouble for reading in class? Because oh, yeah. I did. I would be yeah, like... Yeah, all the time. Yeah, I would be like uninterested in what the teacher was saying, and I already got it, so I try to read my book because I brought it to school and get in trouble. We do have this culture of people just not reading. Adults don't read. So the kids never see their adults and their yeah, parents reading. That's a great point. They, that's the best thing about my mom. It's like anytime you see her, she's just reading some new book. and She goes through like a million books a, a week. That's great. And it is totally true that a lot of people don't read anymore. Even people that I know personally who used to be avid re- readers in the past. Now they're like, eh, well, I'm kind of over it now. I'm just going to watch movies and TV shows because it's just so much easier. But there's just something so different about reading a book it's not only the act of reading but the acts of activating your imagination and it's to me it's so much more fulfilling than watching tv because you get to create that world within your mind and you get to choose what the little details are and to me that's just so much more freeing than mindlessly watching something on the tv 
It is significantly better. Uh, Stephen King wrote a book called On Writing that was about this exact subject and about how writing conveys so much more to people than than television and movies and stuff like that. Do like he had he described this scene about a a rabbit being in a cage on a desk or whatever and had a number eight. Uh, written on its back and painted on its back rather and all this other stuff. And then he, he stops asking the reader at the end of his like, now what color was the desk? And of course he never mentioned the color of the desk and just subconsciously every reader out there had created their own interpretation yeah. of that desk. It was no longer Stephen King's story. It was equally the reader's story because the reader was creating it as they read it based on he never described what color the rabbit was either but almost everyone imagined you know a fluffy white rabbit but yeah. he never said that maybe it was a maybe it was a dark gray rabbit it the act of reading itself it is in that sense is an act of creation and it re, and it calls upon so many elements of the brain that people aren't using when they're watching television or whatever because all of that information is filled in for them you don't have to imagine or you don't have to fill in the blanks about what color the desk is because the desk is drawn there on the screen. But, Bonnie, you give your mother credit for that. And it's one of the few things I have to actually give my father credit about was that the, the love for reading was something that he he gave to me directly. He was the one who taught me all about reading and these wonderful ways that you can get lost in, you know, fiction and nonfiction alike. When I was in school, I had a college age, uh, college reading level but as early as like the fifth grade or something like that. And it was because I loved reading and I was always reading adult literature because that was what fascinated me. And you, you had these young adult books or whatever, where you, like uh, Goosebumps. I don't even think Goosebumps was young adults. It was probably kids or whatever. But I could read a Goosebumps book in like half an hour because yeah. like, there was no meat to it. There, There was no... Nothing interesting in and if you read five or six of them, I, I actually would like to, in, in hindsight, I would like to go back and read all of the Goosebumps books because I tend to think some of them were probably entertaining. Yeah, I actually think that would be kind of fun. It would be, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I might have to look on Amazon to see if I can order a set or something like that because you got to think a whole set of them has got to be like maybe a hundred bucks for all 40 or 50 or whatever. It can't be expensive. I like fiction, but I haven't been able to read fiction in so long because it's just like I feel like I'm wasting my time. But you guys have really kind of convinced me, like, now it makes me want to go back and read some fiction. It just feels like I'm wasting my time because there's so many nonfiction things I literally want to learn and, like, read about and know more about. And fiction feels like a waste of time. You can learn from fiction, though. There are plenty of fiction books. I was talking about on the break how I was reading Fountainhead. Yeah. That's a fiction book, technically. I've never heard of Fountainhead. It's an Ayn Rand book. Okay. I've never read anything that she's written. Yeah. I would recommend... We the living, it's so good. I've, you know, I don't want to fall into the trap that uh, so many other libertarians do, where they reference Ayn Rand like every other, every, like the, she was the greatest author ever. So I just sort of yeah. avoided her entirely. That's why I've never read Mary Rothbard or uh, um, <laughs> the other one, Mises. I've never read I don't those know. guys. I don't get like weirdly obsessed with people like that. I really do enjoy Ayn Rand books. I really enjoy her writing style, yeah. and you know. Um, they're always very interesting and I, I obviously like a lot of the points that she's making, but I couldn't see myself worshiping her. I mean, she's not, I'm more anarchist than she is, I would say. So there's a lot of points that she makes that I'm like, eh, kind of missed the, the ball on that one, but... To me, so Ayn, enjoy the books. to me, Ayn Rand is a lot like Highline. It's, it's just one of these authors that libertarians talk about all the time yeah. and it's like... 
Okay, well, we've already got libertarians talking about those authors. I want to find some other authors to talk about. Like, Ken Follett has this book called Paper Money. I used to have an actual library. It wasn't a big library or anything like that. It was, it was a collection of books. Books are one of the few things that I feel like it's okay to collect. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely. Yeah, I hate collecting things. If I have a large collection of video games. Sure, they're all digital. They take up no space whatsoever beyond, you know, the size of the hard drive that they're that they're on. But other people that have entire rooms full of a video game collection, stuff like that, I'm like, that's a tremendous... I have a friend who's one of these people. Uh, she recently moved from Ohio to Tennessee, and she's complaining about how they have to make yet another trip with a U-Haul to get all of their yeah. stuff. I mean, It's got too much stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's like, dude, Scrapple, I have the exact same crap, but it's, it's all on a hard drive, mm-hmm. and it's it, if I needed to move from one state to another, it's not going to require mm-hmm. me to make multiple trips. This is the future. And books, I was sort of the same way for a very long time, where you know you can just download an ebook onto your phone or whatever, and you have it right there, and that's fine, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's it's not good it's for different. your eyes. It's, it's not good for your eyes, and then for the future, if you're and you know an EMT attack or whatever, you don't have yeah. electricity or something like that. You know, not that I think that's going to happen. But it, you know, if it did, and not only that, is when we're seeing on the internet how a lot of definitions are being changed you can go and grab a webster's dictionary from 20 years ago look up a a definition of word and look it up online and they will be two different definitions and also in the same vein i just ordered two things from amazon physical books even though i'm a kindle fanatic i have like a library on kindle which will make me really sad if my you know if internet ever goes away or whatever but um i ordered this book oh man i'm not gonna remember what it's called it's called like the 55 survival skills i've seen it a lot it's like a red cover with like lots of guns and things on on the front cover okay. and a book called like um medicinal plants in new england and identifying them so that way i have them if yeah those are good books to have smart. physical copies of yeah like if you were how to survive the apocalypse or whatever yeah. you would you, you would want the physical copy of that book what is the teacher shortage? Because I, I'm not aware of a teacher shortage. So it appears that there is a teacher shortage in different states across the United States. So rural school districts in Texas are switching to four-day weeks this fall due to lack of staff. Rural like Uvalde? Because I, I, th- I think they probably have different issues there. Hmm. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't want to be a teacher at one of these rural Texas schools if, you know... They had their a- first day, so clearly somebody's teaching there. But I wouldn't want to be. No, if, I wouldn't. Oh, God, no. If there was a school shooter and it was going to take hours for the police to come in to do anything about it, I would and- leave the whole city, I mean, or town or whatever it is. I, was, I would I- not live there. I would become a teacher for a private school that allowed me to possess a firearm... Yeah. But I certainly wouldn't stay in a public school. Yeah. So it doesn't specify which school districts in Texas, but um, just the the switching to a four-day week, I mean, just that alone, no matter where it is, that is unheard of. I mean, five days, day weeks across the board. Are they doing four tens or are they still eight-hour days? That's a good question. It doesn't say in the article either. And how is this going either. to help the shortage? Are they? <laughs> That's also a great question. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... thinking maybe other staff too, like uh, lunch ladies, janitors, all sorts of things. Yeah, but that's not going to do anything about there being fewer teachers. You're right. Giving them less hours. That's weird. Yeah. It just means know. they're working less. It means the welfare whores are working even less now. <laughs> Which sounds like something they would want, but it's not going to do anything to alleviate the shortage or to make the shortage better. 
if anything, it would it would require them to work more hours if there was actually a teacher shortage. Yeah. So, so quite the opposite. This suggests that there's a teacher surplus, which would make sense given how cushy and easy mm. the job is. So also Florida is asking veterans with no teaching background to enter classrooms. Oh, good Lord. Why? Why, yep. Why veterans? <laughs> because all they need to do, because they just need to train them to be good little Romans. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point. And who better to do that than former soldiers? Exactly. Arizona is allowing college students to step in and instruct children. Oh, man. There's going to be, so, uh, there are so many things wrong with that. Look, I know your average college student isn't a creep. But there are plenty who are, and now you're talking about having your 21-year-old incel college student teaching your your 16-year-old well, high school girls. This I'm is hoping a terrible idea. These are education majors, and not just like random exercise science majors and gender studies majors. You know I, what I mean? I don't know. My best teacher I've ever had in my life was not a licensed teacher, and I don't know all the. Like um, background on that, I don't know all the details, but he was only allowed to teach at my school in Utah on the military base, which was just a regular public school. Well, I've never heard teachers referred to as welfare whores, but I, I think you I have it. Yeah, just like the military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're government sluts. I I got you. Um, but there are those that work for private institutions that don't accept government dollars and. I hold those in a little higher esteem. Yes. Anyway, private um, teachers are. When when I say teachers are welfare whore, I welfare whores. I do not mean private school teachers, or or private tutors or whatever. You can't you can't paint with too broad of a brush. Yeah. Anyway, um. So the last guy, the Saskatchewan murders that went on, the uh, I haven't heard anything about this. There, I haven't either. Well, there were there were two dudes that were like thirty and thirty two, and I don't know if they were native or white or whatever, but uh, the attacks took place in a small Native American settlement, you know, a village, tribal community, and then there was another small village, township, town, whatever you want to call it, but they knifed ten people dead. Stabbed 19 more, which are in various states of disrepair, obviously. It's terrible. The the thing that really racked my head was uh, there was uh, one of the, I'm assuming, by the way, I heard him talking. He was one of the tribal elders. He said one of his, one or two, maybe three of his nieces and nephews were stabbed in this one house. And uh, the only way the... uh, the, the infant survived was hiding behind his high chair. Oh, that's so sad. And he witnessed all this heinous, you know, bloodletting. It just, it breaks my freaking heart, man. I've heard yeah, that there's like, messed up. there's a lot of murders um, in Canada of the native people for whatever reason, like a crazy amount more of the native people population than the rest of them. And specifically the women. Back when I did watch true crime things, those were some of the most infuriating to watch because of what Ari is saying. It's like the other police didn't want to help the native, uh, you know, reservation police or whatever they would call themselves. I'm not sure if they use the word police, but. Yeah, I don't know what they refer to them as. So I don't know anything about this story, Major Payne. Who, who were the murderers here? 
I I do not. They they have never released a name that I have heard, hon. I cannot tell you. Have they been apprehended then? I'm assuming not. No, the last dude that survived because there was two guys that were the, uh, I don't know, what are the murderers? There's a big 75-cent word that ain't coming to my mind. But uh, they got into a pissing match after they did this heinous act, and one killed the other. So the 30-year-old lived, and uh, he was just apprehended here, I think, today. Might have been yesterday. I don't know. I just heard about it today. But uh, the the second thought I have on this whole thing, and and I don't want you guys to get all sidetracked because I'm a proponent of, you know, psychological evaluation and whatnot. But uh, when you take drugs, it better have a root on it. Once it goes into a lab, it has been Fauci. You hmm, know I know what, what I you mean. mean. You want it? You only want to take uh, natural drugs, and I understand that. I would have to concur. I don't. I mean, so, man has made some really awesome drugs, right? Uh, well, my point is, my point is here, area in the poor communities, meth is the predominant. And you can make that stuff out of drain cleaner. Yeah. Garbage. It's so bad for you. And it it, it distorts your mind. I mean, it's. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt. But. uh, I was addicted to meth for Christ's sake. Yeah, but just because. Just because meth is bad doesn't mean that every drug humans have ever invented is bad. I mean. Uh, humans, there's LSD, for example, yeah. which is, which, as far as drugs go, it's not quite psilocybin cubensis, but it's it's almost as harmless, and it does have some very positive effects, LSD does. There's there's other drugs, I can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh, MDMA, of course, is very similar to methamphetamine, as you were talking yeah. about, but it also is used to treat PTSD and anxiety and the help people it's not necessarily a psychedelic but it does tend to have the same sort of long-lasting spiritual effects where it makes one realize that other human beings are part of one's own universe it makes one love everyone else yeah it gives you that like lovey fuzzy feeling just for me i feel like it's unnecessary like i don't need mdma if i have psilocybin cubensis or even just like kratom sometimes i'm on kratom and i'm like You know, girl that I only went to high school with, I'm going to text you about how beautiful you are. Why are America's schools so short-staffed? Experts point to a conflux of factors, including uh, pandemic-induced teacher exhaustion, low pay, and some educators sense that politicians and parents, and sometimes their own school board members, have little respect for their profession and an escalating educational culture war that has seen many districts and states pass policies and law and laws restrict, restricting what teachers can say about U.S. history, race, racism, gender, and sexual orientation, as well as LGBTQ plus issues. It's just like that. That wasn't even necessary when I was a kid. Like it's just so weird how much has changed since yeah. I was a kid in elementary school, and I didn't have to hear about all that stuff in school because it's like something my teacher, my parents would talk to me about if they wanted me to hear about it. I just don't understand why it's like, oh, I got to quit my job all over this all of a sudden. 
Well, they politicized the curriculum, right? And yep. uh, low pay aside, because I don't think these teachers are, are paid low in the first place or anything like that, but there isn't a lot of respect for the, the teaching field right now, and nor, nor should there be. These people are, even if you don't believe that, they, that they're glorified babysitters, which they, they certainly are, they're propagandists by and large part. They're raising your children. There's no way to distinction, to distinguish between to educating your children and raising your children. These people are spending eight hours a day with your children. More FaceTime with your children than you are. Isn't that so sad? And pa- parents don't realize it. But yeah, they, they don't want to. And so many parents, I've heard so many parents say with the end of summer, they cannot wait to send their kids back to school. I hear that they all don't the want to se- spend another second with their kids. Why did you even reproduce if you hate your kids so much? If you're so unfit to be a parent, then why did you even have children? Well, the parents would say, Nikki, they would say, you just don't understand because you don't have kids. It's like, I'm going to homeschool love, my kids. Screw I them. I love our, my kids, but being around them is the worst thing ever. And you just don't understand. I think people are just really poor parents. They're, they're, not, they're not very hormone good. They're hormone-driven monsters is what they are. They're, they're, yeah. Their hormones told them, I need to pop out some babies or mm-hmm. I need to make yeah. a woman pregnant. And they just ran with that like unthinking dogs instead of stopping. They, huh, I don't have to run out there and knock up 30 women. I, I can... Utilize my ability to ration, to reason right. and rationalize well, and go, right, that's I should, a terrible should at least, idea. Like, go through some things with myself before this. Like, yeah, maybe, do some inner healing. Yeah. Or... The whole parenting thing in the United States, it just bothers the hell out of me because of how, how ridiculous it is. Like, I'm one of few people I know who doesn't have kids, has no desire to have kids, and is never going to have children. And um, uh, Nikki, I think you're planning to have children at some point. Yeah. But it's it seems like that should be it should be the common position that I I'm not sure that bringing another life form into this world is the right thing for me to do. It seems like that should be the common ordinary position. It should be. Brave ones, people who have children, they want to be held up as you know these these bastions of society who are just doing all of these great things. Like it's it's so typical on social media in particular. Uh, this this Karen mindset among parents, especially mothers, who I should be able to cut to the front of the line at Starbucks because I'm juggling two kids and I'm oh on my, my way gosh. to work and all of this yeah, other stuff. No. It's like. You're not special because you didn't, you know, use birth control last yeah. time you had sex with your husband. But they're they're so common these people who have children that there's nothing special about you for having children. I'm sorry, that's just if you want to look at the people who are special, look at the ones who don't have kids cuz they're the minority at this point. And you know what? It blows my mind the lack of preparation that people do before they have children. I mean, even for me, I have done a lot of thought into planning when I'm going to get pregnant and, you know, wanting to be stable enough. But also, even right now, I don't plan on having kids for at least another year, but I am already researching homeschooling curriculum. I'm already looking into, you know, like healthcare stuff. And I'm just doing so much preparation. And it might be, you know, because I'm a midwife and this is what a lot of my life is surrounded by. And I'm, you know, constantly going to appointments with young mothers and, you know, parents of younger children. So well, maybe that's why. But. You're like interested in how 
Yeah. Like ha- raising kids is before having kids. It's like, that's a good thing. No but matter what your job is. Exactly. And it's like at a minimum, people need to be thinking about healthcare decisions, thinking about, you know, the healthcare decisions for when you're pregnant, when you give birth, healthcare decisions for your children. What type of schooling do you want to do? What type of parenting style might you have? Like, these are the conversations that need to happen between partners. And unfortunately, what happens is people are really, really bad at picking partners. And they're always like, my my deadbeat baby daddy. And it's like, you're the one that had (laughs) sex with this person. And you're the one that literally created a child with them. You talking smack about your deadbeat baby daddy just reflects poorly on that mother for making horrible life decisions. Your boyfriend trained a cat <laughs> using the no no free lunch method. Wait, to pee in the toilet? And not to pee in the toilet. I don't know what he trained the cat to do, hmm. but uh, he assures me it's possible to train cats doing this, right? I mean, if they're hungry enough, they'll sit, hmm. right? They, they will. You just kind of not feed them. and You stick with it and you say, no, cat, sit. At least they're still... like fun to be around even if they're not trained like you can't be you can't live in a house with a dog that isn't trained yeah that's true and you know my my cats tend to be well behaved but all of that aside you you don't have to raise cats the way that you do a dog right a dog you have to take it out you have to exercise it you have to get it trained you have to get his shots and all of that kind of thing my cats don't need any of that stuff they as long as i feed them and clean their litter box they're fine but like my dog, I had to take her for a walk today. I'm going to have to take her for a walk tomorrow. And before I even got her, I knew that I was going to have to consult with a trainer because I don't understand how dogs work. And I don't understand how kids work either, but there's no trainer you can consult with kids. You can probably read a book or something like that. But at the end of the day, there's you're going to have to figure out how to raise your kids. And most parents don't give any thought into that whatsoever. They just assume that they know how to raise a kid. Well, and that's where a lot of trauma stems from, because next thing you know, they have two-year-olds who cannot regulate their emotions, and they, as adults, are handling the situation incorrectly because they don't know how to. And the next thing you know, there's just this volatile, toxic relationship between them and their children and, and probably, it just carries on it's probably the same relationship they have with their own parents yep it's just yeah these generational curses that just keep continuing and continuing until someone finally breaks the cycle and does some psychological research and maybe consults a professional that knows more about child psychology and behavioral psychology and all of these things which are also great approaches that at the very least, what one should not do is to, to just get knocked up, right? This is why Planned Parenthood exists. And this is why abortion is such a th- good thing, because, you know, whether you think it's OK to get an abortion or not, it's irrelevant. You should not be having kids if you're not prepared and able and willing and ready to shoulder that burden. This idea that, oh, well, you you had you had sex, so this child is the consequence. Yeah, that's horrific. This is a life here. Yeah. This is someone who's going to grow to be the age of 18, and they're going to have, they're, they're going to be fed, they're going to be taken care of. Do you really want that child to be resented their entire life by their parent because their parent wasn't ready for them? We don't know why Donald Trump was keeping, quote, classified information. You're not going to find it on a lot of mainstream media sites. But as it turns out, Donald Trump had a standing order that anything that was removed from the Oval Office or anything that he removed was automatically declassified. So Mm. it it didn't matter if he took it through the process of declassification. And I don't know what process there is for declassification, but this was a thing that actually existed. And it was his policy that 
if he took it out of the office, then it was automatically declassified. Now, some people are saying, well, that's not a valid order. Others, like Judge Napolitano, have pointed out that it doesn't really matter whether it was classified or declassified or not. The actual type of document that Trump had was what I think he called it a national defense document or something like that. And Trump wasn't allowed to have that where he was. Others have alleged that Trump had nuclear secrets and it's unclear why Trump would have done any of this. I People are, you know, the mainstream media is like, was he planning to sell these or whatever? No, of course not. Yeah. But, I mean, how they would easily figure out who sold them. It'd they, be so easy to pinpoint. Oh, obviously, the president's the only one who had. I mean, I don't know. Selling them seems stupid. Like, isn't he rich? Well, I don't know how rich he is. Uh, there's been allegations that he's he's not nearly as rich as he's claimed to be. Yeah. But selling them, no, of course, I, I don't think that's at all the case. I think it was just ego, right? Donald Trump was president, and he was like, these are my documents. They belong to me, so I'm taking them with me. Yeah, and there must have been more of a reason than that, but I do agree that he's more driven by power and fame than he is money. Yeah. Because he's already rich, so he already has well, the money. as they say. And he kind of already has the the fame, but maybe it's, it's a like- power thing, because now that he's not president anymore, that's a piece of power that he can take from that position that he no longer has. It could be political. It could be something he doesn't want other people to know or something. Yeah. I don't know. It could be. And now they're saying that material on a foreign nation's nuclear capability was seized among other documents by the FBI at Mar-a-Lago. Some of these seized documents detail top secret U.S. operations so closely guarded that many senior national security officials are kept in the dark about them. Well, if it's about Hillary, then we will definitely see Trump dead in a few weeks or whatever. It presumably is not about Hillary, but that's one of the things that's really messed up about all of this is that Hillary ran her own server and used her own email address for classified emails for for the state for the yeah for the state department. She claims that none of them were classified. So how like did people used to say that they were classified? Then it got disproven, or but I know she destroyed some hard drives. Why would you destroy hard drives? Yeah, like, that is suspicious. I, I don't remember all the details now because this was what six seven years ago. It was, yeah, it was at a, least was I was just not interested ago. either when well, it was a thing. I was interested, but there was there was a lot going on, and it was very hard back then, even as it is now, to separate truth from reality. I mean, truth from lies. Yeah. And it didn't help that mainstream media would run articles like this. You know, he's, he's material. They've been talking about Trump having possible nuclear material for for days, and now they finally allegedly have an FBI agent saying, "Yes, we totally found it," but there's there's no proof of that. And how could they ever prove it to us without releasing the actual classified document to the public? And they can't do that because it's classified. So. Even if the FBI isn't lying, we have to take the FBI at their word that this is true. And I have a very difficult time doing that. It just feels like this is all set up. It does not feel like this really happened. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like this was all set up. Well, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. uh, I mean, I, I understand why you would feel that way, considering all of the hate to use his words, but the weird, like, witch-hunty type things they brought against uh, Donald Trump while he was president. It just seemed like any president could have gotten 
taken down for things as easily as like what they're going after him for. It's like, I don't know. And I'm not not any pro-Trump person. No, of course not. It just gets irritating the way that the entire media and government uh, like wants to make him out to look like some bad guy and nothing bad ever comes out. You know, it's like. I feel like they hate him so much because the right loves him so much. So finally, like. I've never seen people in love with a presidential candidate like this. Like people love Trump. I I'm driving around town, or not this town, but you know, just I, I travel well, a lot for work. Well, there's one truck here that drives around with two giant pro-Trump flags, and on he the, is not on the, the only person. I mean, in, in Keene, there's it's not as much. We were just talking during the break about uh, this show called The Hot Ones. Is that right? Yes, and that. that- my mouth is actually on fire right now just because I just ate some angry sauce from little Zoe's and Keen, and oh my god, yeah, so so we started talking about the Hot Ones interview show. Little Zoe's is the pizza place here in Keen that- So um, delicious. They have fire-baked pizzas, and they take cryptocurrency, and I think they take gold backs. I'm not entirely yeah. sure because it's easier for me to just pay them cash usually. They take gold backs. I thought so. Best pizza in New Hampshire, hands down, I will make that statement. It's so good. Yes, except I'm not from New England, so I don't like my pizzas, you know, burnt. And- I love their crust, and I'm normally not a thin crust person. I like soft, greasy way- pizza. Well, I don't want it greasy, but I I do, I do want it par baked, and mm. their par baked is well done at any other pizza place. Oh, really? Mm, so the thing I never asked for that. I typically do not like New England pizza, like the Greek-style pizza. It's just terrible. It sucks. It's horrible. Is there so, Greek-style? No, it's not. Oh, okay. And that's why I like Greek it. What is the Greek-style? It's just... Cheshire Village is Greek and also every, Athens. Uh, Cheshire. Pretty, I, I don't know why you said one. it like that. <laughs> well, wait, how do you say it? Cheshire? Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think but I've always I, said Cheshire. Uh, you've always said Cheshire County as well, right? I don't know. I I'm refuse to say Coos County. I'm only only going to say Coos, and everybody can uh, is it get over Coos? It. it is Coos. No, it's Coos because every other word no, in it's the, the English language with the two dots. O's is Coos. But the dots make it, it different. Dots? It I've never even seen the dots anywhere. I've seen there, it written, there are dots. or else I wouldn't be so annoyed. But I'm so annoyed when what I hear I co-ops. What I hate most about New England <laughs> is that there's so many towns that in, and places that end with borough, right? Like, Yeah, there's a lot of boroughs here. Except mm-hmm. some of them are B-O-R-O, and some of them are B-O-R-O-U-G-H. Which mm-hmm. is, yeah, so in Massachusetts, we always do the O-U-G-H, unless it's on a road sign and it can't fit. The worst... And then they'll do the oh, wait, there's O-R-O. Two. The two worst in Massachusetts are... Lemonster? I almost said it wrong because it it's spelled Leo Minster. Yeah, when I when yeah I that one's cringy that, for me when people say that. <laughs> I asked a friend. I was like, "Where is Leo Minster?" He goes, "Where is where?" It's yeah. like you How couldn't possibly not know that's what somebody's saying because it's spelled Leo Minster, but it's Lemonster. It's, it's like Lemonster. Not, it's not spelled Lemonster. It's spelled it, L E O Minster. So that's Leo Minster. Well, I don't know. I'm Mass, just so how how is this supposed to be pronounced? Lemonster. Lemonster is right. Yeah, it's just I like grew up right by there, so that's why when people say it wrong, I'm like, what are you even talking? Like, it doesn't even compute in my brain how you would look at that word and but say like, Leo Minster. I'm from just, San Antonio. What the hell? It's that's like, how it's spelled, Nick. <laughs> That, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> here's the thing: I'm from San Antonio, so we're in Bear County, but it's spelled B E X A R. If somebody what? said Bexar County, I wouldn't say, "What are you talking about?" Earlier, you guys were talking about having uh, kids, and um, I loved what I was hearing out of you, Nikki. 
you know. Thank about, you. Uh, yeah, just, um, you know, I, I have four, and uh, my, mine are older now. They're they're probably around you guys' age. Do they call you 20. Surf Daddy, too? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, usually when I'm surfing with them. But, um, yeah, so, um, no, I love what you're saying. I have four kids. Um, actually, I'm recently a granddad now. My my oldest just had a kid. Nice, congratulations. And, uh, yeah, um, but you know, you're talking just a couple points you were making because I was loving what you were saying. You know about homeschooling and picking the right person. You know, and um, he picked a good woman. I did too. Um, honestly, I think if we could both go back, my wife and I, we'd have more. Because, um, wow. and all my kids are great. They're all doing great. But the the big point I wanted to make is young people right now don't want to have kids, a lot of them, because they see the world as being messed up. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell young people the best way you can fix it is have good kids and raise them right. All my kids are libertarian-minded, um, you know, some more than others. My, my oldest boy certainly is. And uh, it looks like they're going to homeschool, which out here in California, would, you know, it's pretty insane. But, um, you know, what, what edu- you know, public education is like. But, um, you know, and we're, as grandparents, we're going to uh, um, see if we can pitch in in that department. I don't know if That's I agree, excellent. right? Because most people out there are not libertarians, so they're going to be raising kids that aren't libertarians, well, and I, they're going to be making the world worse. I think what his point was is that good people, because it's typically like the smart, good people. It's like idiocracy, right? So it's all the dumb people yep. that are reproducing, right? So hmm. a lot of smart people are thinking, they're looking at things logically, and they're like, no, I don't want to have kids. The world's really messed up. But I do agree that the best way to create a better world is for awesome people to have kids, to love them unconditionally, and to take the time to teach them. Um, that's the best way for us to create a better world. So, Surf Daddy, what do you think about what we were saying when we were uh, saying that the people who complain about having to be around their kids shouldn't have had kids? Do you agree with that, or do you think that we're just being too harsh because we don't have kids, so we don't understand? Uh, yeah, no, no, I, well... I agree with you. I, my, they have an attitude problem. Is their is their deal? Yeah. Yeah. I, I I I don't get it when I hear stuff like that. Do you have children, Sarah? Uh, no, I do not. I do not have children. Why not? I do not but well, I could hardly take care of myself. I you know the so that. I thought it'd be a burden to bring another person into the world. That's responsible. That is a remarkable level of responsibility and self-awareness, Sarah. I'm, yeah, you know, I, I mean, almost feel I bad for asking. Well, it's not bad that you work on yourself. I mean, something we have to be. But you're right. You know what? The the stupid people do happen to have more children. You, but but the thing is, you have to be grateful that they have kids. Because that's their opportunities to be out here. Because those those soul spirits want to be on Earth. So we have to be just grateful for whatever parents that got us out here. Really give us an opportunity to be out here. So that's the way I'm I grateful look at for it. my parents. I'm not grateful for the welfare queens. 
Well, I think what Sarah's saying is that there's a lot of souls out there floating in the abyss and they want a chance to be, to, to incarnate on earth. And these parents are giving them that opportunity. It's not a belief system that I subscribe to, but I, I, that's what you're getting at, Sarah. Well, that's fine. We have to be grateful for our parents, no matter, you know, how much they did a, a bad job. Is that now I'm come to the realization they gave me an opportunity to be there, be here, and gave me the best thing to do. And I can kind of get I down can... with that because I feel like the purpose of life is for growth and lessons. I, I believe in reincarnation, so I believe that each cycle of life is just for more growth and to learn more things. So even if you have crappy parents, or maybe even if they were abusive, yeah, that's terrible, but it might be the sole lesson that those people were supposed to get in this life. I don't know. I I think if I was out in the ether, I wouldn't be like, oh, let me go get in this body with this horrible lady smoking cigarettes and eating McDonald's all day. I well, think those I'd rather souls be out did choose ether. that, though. You know, they did I, you choose that. that I don't know. Or There's they no didn't have that. a choice. That's what I believe. Yeah. I believe that they have a choice and we all pick our own incarnations. You believe it, but you don't know it. I'm, I'm just well, saying. Well, no one like, knows I, anything. I said that that's what I believe. And no one knows well, anything. I mean, it's as good a belief as any other. And, you know, no one's going to have an easy life. You guys think all politicians are a bunch of crooks, but... Well, whether he's a cook or not, he's just an average person who happens to be a politician for his career. That doesn't make him special. Sarah's the same person that said that it was amazing and fantastic that Frida Kahlo had a affair with some communist just because he was some famous communist. And it's like, why is that amazing to have sex with somebody just because they're even famous for a good reason? You know, it was amazing to me because he's going to help me get speeding cameras on our state highways. Mm. Okay, how about that? How long did you sit and talk to this person? I I want to. I need to know. Did you like walk in and see this person sitting there and go, "Oh my God, that's a state senator"? And you ran up and was like, "I need a red light camera." How how did this play out? Look at this. The problem is, is that we're we're not allowed to put automated cameras on state highways going through any city. Sir, how did you identify that this person was a senator? Well, he's in the well. He's in the website. His name is Senator Ortizip. I know, but he's if I saw, a, if I, I went to a place called Fritz today. If I, if there was a senator in there eating, I would not have known it. It would just been some person there. So, how did you see this person and go? That's a well, senator. I I, he was on my he was on my ballot, and I voted for him in the past. Did they have a picture of him on the ballot? No, no. I think they have a picture on the website, all the alphabet listing. I didn't know you and knew how to use the that, internet. Yeah. So you oh, set up this yes. appointment, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. And then, and so you I didn't just stumble up. upon him at a restaurant? Oh, no, no. Okay. I had his contact. I've been contacting forever about red light cameras. And actually, I heard him on the radio show, and I, I asked him that question. I said, uh, he was up for re-election. I said, are you in favor of red light cameras? And he said, yes, they're a good idea. And so, so he's he's very much interested in. So he's stupid. So did he take you out to like a nice dinner, and he's just trying to talk to you, and you keep bringing up red light cameras, and keeps trying to change the subject back to you and him, or or was it like very, you know, just no, he, about red light no, cameras? He, no, he's interested in speeding cameras, but it, it, he thinks it's a good idea. That's why I met up with him in the first place. Uh-huh. And uh, we brought up this town of Clovis, the small town, 
and they have a state, state highway, and nobody could do nothing other than a state highway patrolman. And they may they might show up once every year, and then the word gets around the speed or speed like a son of a gun. You know what I mean? They they know that they're only going to show up maybe every six months to a year. And Where is this? Clovis, New Mexico. Okay, I'll, I'm. Clovis, I'll remember that. So the way they wrote the statute when they wrote it, it was like the state highway shall have jurisdiction. They'll they'll be allowed to issue tickets on a small town going in New Mexico. So the local city are not authorized to cite them. And the automated cameras, speeding cameras, are not in the language of the state statute. And that's the problem, so they know that. But the speeders, they carry on, and then that's how they interpret the law. And if, if they're... Um, Where did you go for speeding. lunch, Sarah? No, I just, I just had a cup of coffee. You just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon. So please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.